Welcome to this week's edition of the Charles Little Podcast. Uh, it's been a oof, topsy-turvy, wacky, just fun, excellent weekend. In my opinion, what we just had was the some of the best uh, slate of quarterfinal games and starting Sweet 16 weekend. I would say the NCAA tournament started last Thursday uh, of where we got a t- chance to talk with you and Man, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, once again, thank you again for joining the Charles Little Podcast. I'm Michael Lofton, and here we are, the host and the man of the hour, Charles Little. Man, talk to me, man. It's just things that we we were hanging up the phone on Thursday, and then things just got better and better, didn't they? Uh, yeah, my picks were terrible. Um, went I went one one in three, uh, but the one was a big one. Um, I, as we were talking last week, uh, Michigan was actually losing. As we were uh, talking after we after I picked them, uh, they were losing um, during that podcast. So that was that was kind of trash. Uh, Virginia pulled it out. I didn't think they would be able to get through the weekend. Uh, and then you know Michigan State. I, I I was I said on previous podcasts that I thought oh, no, they no, had no, the no, 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 Oh yeah, come back uh, to your targets, okay. brother. Come on, okay. come on. Man. I have full, full confidence that I didn't think, I didn't believe that um, Auburn was going to be able to keep up that pace against uh, Carolina, and they got those two guards, and they made it happen, and they, like they, they just, yeah. They, they, I mean, it was a close game at halftime, and they just pulled away in the second half, and they hit all those threes. I mean, if you hit ten threes in the second half, you know, it's going to be tough to beat any team that hits ten threes in the second half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta, you know, you gotta tip your cap to that. And it's, it's a combination of defense and you know, you, you get that team got hot. The guy, uh, number three or whatever is number, I think that's believe that was number three. He had like three in a row. Like it, you know, tie terms. You know, it should happen real quick. And you know, in a two three second, two three minute burst, uh, you can be, you know, a two point game and it'd be an eleven point game and you'd be like, what, you know, what the hell just happened here? So, um, yeah, they got the best of them. You know, I tip my cap to Auburn. Uh, you know, as a, as a as a Tennessee hater, um, you know, as much as uh, you know, it sucked to see you know Auburn beat North Carolina. You know, to see Bruce Pearl make it to the Final Four, not as a Tennessee coach, is is you know a little silver lining. It's kind of funny to me. Uh, I know Tennessee fans. I'll see them on my Facebook talking. You know, oh, you know, it's like we made it because no, 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 no. no you you fired them, got rid of them, sent them away. You sent them away. <laughs> um, so he's just back now, and your team's not there. So. Um. Yeah. You know, I'm. I don't want Auburn to win because my my girlfriend's a, went to Alabama, so we don't support Auburn in this household. But you know, I think, like I said, at the end of the day, I think um, with these four teams left, I think Michigan State's gonna be able to pull it out. Now, do you want to get back to this whole uh, Michigan State shutting Duke down? Is that what you want to get into now? Lachlan? Oh no, because I called we, it. Yeah. Weeks ago. Yeah. There's a couple things I want to make sure. So two Thursdays ago. When the tournament started, Auburn goes from the man from New Mexico State passing up a layup, throwing it to my man, taking a three, and they had an actually great ATO baseline out of bounds play and could have beaten Auburn. And then Auburn survived 78-77. So what did Auburn do that Saturday? Took KU to the woodshed, and Bruce Pearl beat Bill Self, Roy Williams, and John Calipari to get to the final four. That is a run in itself and incredible. And so we definitely have to tip our cap to to Bruce, man. And boy, oh boy, 
man, I wear my Michigan, Dayton, you know, definitely those two for sure in terms of Michigan football and Dayton basketball. Like, I wear those emotions on my sleeve big time. And I was in my feelings on last Thursday with Michigan basketball. But the, nobody wears his feelings on his sleeve more than Bruce Pearl, man. Oh, my gosh. That guy is hes just <laughs> on a different level, my guy. So I was just impressed with that. Um, we have to make sure we give it up for um, for Coach Pearl, man. But um, I want to take a step-by-step here with you is um, – uh, P.J. Washington ended up coming back. Anytime you see somebody a hard cast, you just can't imagine that they're going to be ready to go the next week. But P.J. Washington was amazing. Carl's, uh, we're going to get into Izzo, but let's talk about some of the failures that we've seen with some of the bigger coaches. And it, it, make, it makes me a little nervous because Caleb Perry, and we'll get into that a little bit later on in terms of his future. But, I mean, this was a a failure back-to-back, wouldn't you say, from last year, Sweet 16, losing to K-State. And then once North Carolina's out, you've got to close that deal. Don't you think, I mean, as a, if you were part of Big Blue Nation, how would you be feeling about, how should you feel about Calipari right now? I mean, any any anything you don't win the chips, um, I guess, you, is considered a failure. But that's in the that's in the micro. I mean, in the macro, um, the big picture of things, you know, they've been – you know, the 10 years he's been there, they've been competitive nine of those 10 years um, and been in the hunt and the chase for that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's hard to win national championships. Um, every, you know, every everybody's not UConn women's basketball or, you know, Alabama football. You know, it, it's it's hard to win championships. So, I mean, he's gotten one. Um, I know he's been there 10 years, you know, with the team they have, you know, when they had towns and they were undefeated. Um, if he could have gotten two chips, I feel like, you know, the pressure would the pressure wouldn't be, you know, as bad. But I mean, at the end of the day, it is Kentucky, and there's always going to be always going to be pressure at Kentucky. So, I mean, I, I feel like he did the best he could. I mean, I can't I can't say somebody being you know making it to the region regional final is a failure. Like you, you made it, you know, literally a, a, a one game and you know four possessions from from the end goal. So, um, I you know as a person that's been on those on a team that's been close, you know, in moments sure. like that, it's like. You know, it's hard. To, it's hard to, to say that you've put in so much work for so many months and then say at the end of the day, like, all I had was for nothing. You know what I mean? Like there, there was still, you know, something in it. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure. Like, you know, I'm sure at the end of the day they wish they did better. But you know, it's only it's 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 March Madness. You know, on any given you know any given day, you know, you can get them. And they played a team that they had already played twice. So to be a team three times, that's that. You know, that that's a quality team. You know, that's a that's a tall task to ask. So, you know. Is what it is. No banners, no regular season SEC championship because I went to LSU. Crazy enough to think about now. No SEC tournament championship, even though Calipari doesn't like it at all um, and prefers that they lose. Um, And then couldn't get past this regional final against a team that you already beat twice and they just couldn't close the door. But I guess you're going to be nicer to Cal than I want to be right now, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving. But... Uh yeah, let's let's talk about the team, the team of the weekend, and they dethroned the biggest story, the biggest, uh, the motivating piece for folks watching, uh, the casual fan I would say for college basketball, and uh, I I I asked a lot of my Michigan State friends, does this make up for losing to Middle Tennessee State when you were the two seed and they were the fifteen? Does this make up for losing in Detroit to Syracuse again when you didn't play Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, for at all for which we don't understand why a walk-on played more minutes to him 
in a game in Detroit where you have pretty much sold out the arena uh, to get to the second weekend. Tom Izzo, before this, had, had not got on the second weekend in the last three years, gotten to the second weekend in the last three years. And it was a masterpiece. Let's just call it what it was on Saturday. Um, and, and you were right, Charles. It doesn't matter. All the other ones that were wrong, we definitely say. And if you think you're going to ride these boys until next Monday uh, to the MNC, that's where we're headed, man. It's just, so definitely uh, want to get your thoughts on the game and uh, what you saw out of Michigan State or maybe what you didn't see out of Duke. Well, you know, like I said, I always thought um, on some level Zion was playing, you know, Big Ten basketball. He was playing bully ball. And, and you know, that 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 way of playing is, is all well and dandy until you run up against, you know, guys that are bigger, you know, bigger and, and are bullies. You know, there's so I thought, you know, the two teams that would give Duke trouble this year would be, you know, that were going to, you know, that would body and bang with him as well um, in Michigan State. Because, you know, the guys that they have that are that are strong, um, and, and can bang with Zion are six foot, you know, six ten, six eleven guys. Um, you can't put a six, you know, six seven guy on, on Zion because he he's he's just as strong as anybody. But when you add the, the equal strength plus the height on him, it gives him a little bit of trouble. It can slow him down, and then those people inversely can just score on him because they were they were jump hooking him to death on a couple of uh, possessions because you know he, he's at the end of the day he can jump as high as hell, but. I mean, you can you can put a good jump hook over over that, and you can you know if you catch them in the chest the right way, they can't you know they can't time that shot to block it. So um, they just use their, their size to you know to their advantage. And then once I saw Cassius Winston got going um, and can you know do whatever he wanted pretty much with Trey Jones at the top of the key, uh, I, I thought it was going to be a good day for Sparty. So you know they 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 weathered the storm. At the end of the day, they only you know they only won you know won at the end of the game. So it was nip and tuck, but yeah. I just thought, you know, I thought they the size was the was the was the difference. Cassius Winches was the difference, and you know, if you got the size to to mitigate what um, Zion can do, and you got Cassius Winston who can take advantage of Trey Zones being a freshman, um, you know, I thought they had a chance, and and they pulled it out. Yeah, they sure did, man. I think it was a incredibly impressive. It was, you know, obviously for me is um, I, I would encourage people to read if you want to learn more about Michigan State, if you want to learn more about Cassius. Um, is he's a University of Detroit Jesuit High School and Academy uh, member of Cub High. Uh, and one thing that people don't understand is like Cassius is a 3-9, um, 3-9 only, 3-9 student. Probably the, his basketball IQ is, is clearly off the charts. And, um, as, um, as Izzo says that uh, he has the best vision ever since Magic Johnson, uh, the uniform. And I agree. Big big shout out to Mateen Cleese. Great great dude everybody was very inspired by him and uh his his heart his will Cassius is just on a different level but clearly he's just got a cement it come on monday but i encourage folks to read brendan quinn's article regarding the recruitment of uh xavier simpson the point guard uh for michigan and Cassius winston and how that all kind of all went down and it's been tough because you know i really i i love it when the spartans aren't doing as well as michigan um, but then it's also very tough to root against Cassius, not representing him and uh, his the impact that he's made on Detroit, what the impact he's made on Detroit Jesuit, and now clearly what he's doing in East Lansing. So, uh, yeah, it was really fun to see that. So, Charles, we'll get into your predictions a little bit later uh, for the Final Four, but Michigan State, um, as they handled their business, uh, Texas Tech is just, oof, what they did to Gonzaga, keeping the team 
18 points under their own season average. Quite impressive. Um, and then, obviously, on the other side of things, when we have uh, the 608 tip-off game um, with Virginia and how they beat Purdue, and Virginia was definitely on the cardiac arrest, kids, if you will. Um, it, is, it was just incredible. And then we're going to see way different styles versus Virginia and Auburn. So for the casual fans, yes, there's no Zion. There's no R.J. Barrett, uh, who's now being called R.J. Ballhog Barrett, which has got to be tough for him. Oh, Ooh, I'm not letting you get away for something. Charles, what's up with your boy Cam Reddish? What's up with Cam Reddish, man? Give us give us 60 seconds. What Do you do you think there's some backstory going on, or what's up with him? I don't know. Physically, I don't know what's going on with him. With his, I don't, like, if he was hurt, he didn't have any braces on. He, like, he didn't have a sleeve on, um, and he, he was moving and playing fine. I have no idea. I'm sure, like, uh, in between now and the draft, it'll come out what really happened. Um, but he's just, like, to be, he's, people don't understand he's really athletic and he can he can do some things and to just kind of like sit on the wing and just shoot threes and be a spot-up shooter is not utilizing his game um he definitely disappeared um the other night so uh, he's just like his number one problem you know is next year and you know going forward is going to be aggression if he's aggressive and asserts himself in the games uh i think he has a chance to be you know a quality NBA player, but if he just goes, you know, goes through the moment, goes through the motions, and sometimes he shows up, and sometimes he doesn't, he's gonna have a uh, a short career because you got to be, a, you know, it's killers out. You got to be prepared at all times. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, uh, you don't want to make him out to be the scapegoat, but it's like, man, big time players uh, make big time plays, and you know, in big time games, and unfortunately, we didn't get to see that at the Cam Reddish. Clearly, we think he's gonna be a better pro than he was college player. Uh, wasn't that impressed with Coach K in terms of the um, lack of sets or um, not getting Zion the ball in the post enough and just pounding it there? It was man for the and that was is it was one and eleven against K going into that game one and eleven to erase those demons with potentially on the other side the most talented Duke team from of, of in terms of freshmen that they had from a uh, from a dominant standpoint no 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 that was that was very tough to swallow for sure but. You know, as you say, we're keeping it moving. Um, but love, uh, appreciate you giving us some words on your boy, Cam Reddish. Uh, and my last question is, does Cam need to stay in school or are you endorsing him coming out? Oh, no, he should definitely come out. Um, he's got, I mean, he's got the he's got the physical capabilities. He's got the game. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't, I'm not sure I would take him with, you know, the third or fourth pick. But, um, no, he should definitely come out. Get that money. Go get that bag. Right. Well, let's say I, I don't think we're going to have um, all three Duke players go one, two, and three in the draft anymore now. I think that's out of the question with uh, with how great John Moran has taken uh, his game to another level. So, yeah, um, appreciate you uh, giving some thoughts, and uh, I understand. Unfortunately, we're going to pour one out. I know you have to part ways with your boy Cam, but uh, we're going to uh, – we got to we gotta look forward to your pick, and I think it sounds like you're going to be rolling with the Spartans. But uh, – Man, as we talk about speaking of bags, going to people getting their bags, Charles, just enlighten us on, like, how the NCAA is, or rules, things with transfers, and what do you think the rules should be for a former uh, Division One basketball player yourself? Um, so if you transfer, you have to sit out a year. Um, it's a year from literally the day you transfer. So if you transfer after the second game, you have to, like, you got to sit out. You know, you, you transfer December 1st, you have to sit out till December 1st of the next year. Um, that's the general rule. You can get, um, I think they've been doing more exemptions where you can play right away. Um, I, 
it's a little different now because they got the transfer uh, they have the transfer portal uh, we didn't have that when I was in school uh, but I don't really have a problem with it I think I think at the end of the day players should be able to play as you know as soon as you want to transfer but you should only be able to you should only be allowed to transfer once um, that that'd be the way I do it I I pondered transferring when I was in school but uh, just didn't want to you know that sitting out a year kind of deterred me from from even really really you know digging too deep in and I kind of had an idea where I wanted to transfer but I didn't want to sit out that year because you know just being a practice player for a whole season just the prospect of that just was hell no if I'm gonna play basketball I want to play in a game so uh yeah that's my experience with the transfers yeah man it's uh obviously one that is a little closer to folks out and it's you never want to you know I mean once again we're still talking about minors and amateurs here um well not minors but amateur basketball players but Jordan Davis uh, for our Dayton Flyers announced his uh, uh, intentions to transfer. And actually today, uh, he actually announced that he will be going to Middle Tennessee State uh, to finish out his, um, as, in terms of uh, finishing out his uh, student-athlete career. Uh, Charles, what do you know people, you know, it's kind of tough to d- turn the page, and they're like, man, this is a two-year starter that's going. Um, I want to just give you your thoughts on, you know, how how was some – how some of the players, uh, how did you have to bond uh, in the locker room and kind of make sure everybody was together in terms of focusing on your goals uh, after transfers that occurred? I mean, it sucks. It definitely, um, definitely sucks at first just because, you, know, you know, no matter what the circumstances are, um, it's always, you know, it's always rough to see your brother go. You know, you, you've, been, you've been through battles with this person. You've been through things. You've met this person. You know, you met their family at games and, team functions and shit so you you know you, you get to know this person very well so you know on a personal it sucks more on a personal level you know just losing one of your friends Absolutely. and people that you know a person that you really rock with than it really does like um because you know transfers happen during during uh off season so i mean you're not really doing anything you're doing conditioning you're doing individuals and things of that nature so you don't really notice that that person's not there because you know there's no games to be played where you really notice you know that person's not in the rotation or you know this and the third so you know, it sucks, and it definitely takes some getting used to, but at the same time, like, you know, people are graduating, people, you know, they're freshmen coming in. You know, the team is you know, on some level always kind of changing, you know, staff changes, you know, and stuff. So there's always, you know, every year I was in school, I always had new teammates and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's one of those things that you kind of get used to. It's just nature of the business. And, you know, but it's, there's, you know, also a point, like, during the season when you get back, you know, when, when school starts, I guess, you know, in August or September, that's kind of like, okay, this is, you know, this is who we got. This is who we're going to be. This is the, you know, 20 people that we're going to be with. You know, you, you bunker down and there's going to be like the 20 people that are going to be together every day until March. So, I mean, once, once that happens, it's kind of, you know, lock in mode. And then, you know, come, come off season, you know, shit happens. Charles, I want to take a quick pause on that one uh, before we uh, move over to the next, uh, next subject there. Um, I just want to make sure that we had that pause. Uh, we're going to now talk about, like, in terms of bag season for coaches. Um, want to get into a lifetime contract and you being a, a fan, once again, of understanding how things go in the SEC and in the Big 12. Like, sports are just different down um, and people don't – for people to understand that. What are your thoughts on uh, UK? Um, is and, and obviously what, what Kyle did in terms of playing the system so well, getting his agent out there be like, yeah, just see what UCLA, if they should give me a call or not. And then parlay, knowing that he don't want to go there, and then parlaying into a life co- lifetime contract. What are your thoughts on those? I mean, it, he he played the game well. Um, 
That's, I mean, at the same time, like, I feel like it, had he just went and asked for more money, they probably gave him more money or, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I feel like that's also, like, the play to counter, you know, what we were talking about earlier with the fans being disappointed and the year being a failure. It, you know, it's like, well, this year is a failure. Okay, well, I could leave. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't oh, do that. Mm-hmm, like, that's, mm-hmm. that's a good not get ahead point, of ourselves sure. now. Mm-hmm. That's a great um, point. You know what I mean? So it's like, don't get ahead. Let's not get ahead of ourselves now. Like, you know. So it's, I guess, you know, I can see that as one way. But, you know, you got the lifetime contract. But at the end of the day, if he wants to go, you know, if he wants to go to the NBA, you know, go, you know, coach an NBA team or if they lose, if they suck for the next three years and they want to fire his ass, you know, that, that lifetime contract is, you know, is written on toilet paper, like I always say about, you know, these, these coaching contracts. So, you know, it is what it is. Get your, get your bag, Cal. Uh, you know, I'm sure once, you know, somebody surpasses him and then he reaches another Final Four, he'll pass him. And, you know, you know how this goes. It happens in college football. Dabo gets a raise, and then Alabama wins the championship, and now um, Saban's got to be the highest-paid mm-hmm. coach by a dollar or some stupid shit. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, the schools are making so much money, they're never going to tell those people no. They're not, they're, Alabama's never going to tell Saban no. We, we're going to stay. We, like, you can't, you don't deserve a raise. Um, if he wins a national championship or whatever. And then and Kentucky's not going to tell um, Kyle no, because they remember those those years when they were irrelevant during the 2000s. Yeah. That's a real good – yeah, man, that's just – it's real for sure right now. And uh, I'm very – now, Kyle and, and Kay, how would you rate how the one-and-done process is going overall and, they're, and the way um, they've had to shift their philosophy for winning? That's what I mean for you to get at a little, if that makes sense. I mean, Coach Gay was obviously the, the the one, the person that was, you know, against it, and he's kind of come around for, come around to it um, because, obviously, he, he had to. Cal was, was, was kicking his ass, and they weren't, you know, and Duke wasn't getting anywhere with the John Shires of the world. So, I mean, he made his, he made an adjustment, and now, now he's got the players that he needs. And, you know, as much as he's got the players that he needs, you know, it's not like he won a championship with Kyrie. Like he won a championship with Zion, so you know he's got to, you know, it's, at the end of the day, you know, you can have all the talent in the world. If that shit don't match, that shit don't go together. If guys ain't playing defense, mm-hmm. it don't matter. Um, you know, people always do that example of you know five fingers versus the fist. You know, you if, if you know Michigan State was a fist and and Duke came at them with a with, a, with four fingers and, and Zion has a really big ass thumb and couldn't get the job done. And so. I mean, they're, they're, I feel like they're both managing it. It's just a toss-up. I don't know. I haven't looked at their recruiting classes to see who either team has coming. I know uh, that Vernon, whatever kid, is going to do, but yeah, I haven't seen the other recruits. Yeah. Um, so I'd be interested to see with that. But I was, you know, the one thing is, Cal, you know, Cal's been at been at this for a long time, you know, since since UMass, uh, the Pepe Sanchez days. Uh, <laughs> you know, he went Blue to Memphis Rowe, and did his thing. Marcus Camby. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what I mean? Padilla. Oh, man. Wow. Those, those, those squad. Uh, then he went to Memphis, did his thing. You know, I, I played ball with Robert Doge the other day, one of those Memphis, one of old Memphis dudes. Um, so, I mean, Cal can coach his ass off. Like, I think one thing that gets, like, lost in, you know, all, all of that shit, all the things that with recruiting in this and third is that Cal, Cal's actually a good coach and Cal actually makes his players better. Because you, one thing about Kentucky players that I, that I have noticed, and I wouldn't say Kentucky players, but Cal's players is from the time the season starts, to the end of the season, you can always tell like a like a considerable difference in like how much better of a player they are sure. and their skill development um, throughout the year. So I I will give him credit on that because I've seen him take guys that were just kind of like oh like like Devin Booker or Eric Bledsoe like oh okay they can kind of shoot to like being like by the time the tournament comes down they're like knockdown shooters you know what I mean and he 
even the work that he did um, with the Harrison twins was I, I thought it was you know he took them and they were you know they're raw and, and were so used to playing with each other and just the way that he you know the ups and downs and the, and the way he 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 got them to be better and you know the, those guys got all the way to the championship game so um, I think one thing that you know that definitely gets slept on is is um, is Cal's coaching ability you know I'm, I'm, I guess I'm always gonna be a Cal, more Cal guy because Coach K's you know more the, more of the establishment and I'm, I'm you know. I'm not I'm anti-establishment in, in some sense, so I'm gonna go with Cal and let Cal be a rebel and hang out with Drake and do his thing. Mm, fair I enough. Ain't, I ain't seen Drake in a few games. And uh, I think we're gonna have the final details when it comes out, uh, even though it's been like one of the least kept, you know, secrets since three or four weeks. Professional Buzz Williams uh, signing and getting his bag and uh, leaving the Tech. A very successful run there, and then successful run at uh, Marquette. Now he will be the uh, head head basketball coach uh, at TAMU. Uh, and just to provide us with some of your thoughts on Buzz and what have you seen out of his groups and uh, will he translate there? I mean, Buzz is a good coach. He's, he always – his teams are always feisty. They always got a lot of, a lot of spirit, um, hard-nosed teams. Um, they got players in Texas, but, I mean, Shaka's finding it hard to win down there. Texas A&M isn't exactly a a powerhouse traditionally. They, I know they, you know, DeAndre Jordan. They've had some ABA players come through there, but um, they're yeah, not traditionally house. a power. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'd be interested to see. Like, I've never, like, I've never in my lifetime, other than like when they had who was that, like AC Law, the fourth, um, was like that was like the best great reference um, yes. Texas A Texas A&M team that I can remember. Um, so. Yeah, people. When LeBron says he's a basketball historian, he's really he's not. Like I, I really know all this shit <laughs> and all these teams and all these players. Yes. Um. So, you know, like the last time, I, so, but like they're traditionally not a good team. Not to say you know, obviously Virginia Tech isn't traditionally a good team either. But, um, you know that 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 SEC money hit a little different. Um, that 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 Texas oil money hit a little different. So, um, yeah, I mean. Get get that bag, Buzz. Like he went from Marquette, which was you know a basketball school that you know they don't think I don't believe they have a, they don't have a football team even like a, a Division two football team. I'm, I don't think um, to a to a football school to now he went to the to the big boys. That that SEC money is is real money. You know now he has some money to pay. You know more money to pay his assistants. I'm sure that's uh that's one of the big differences. And you know when you when you're in the SEC, you can afford better assistance too, uh, and give better salaries to the support staff. So. Um, now you got yeah you you he's got you know all the access he needs this is it's a plug now if he does you know like i said traditionally baylor and you know texas these, these aren't the greatest you know basketball wise but we'll see we'll see definitely yeah. step up for him i am i'm excited for him and uh there's been rumors of kevin willard from seton hall coming down wojo from marquette coming to virginia tech um and it's gonna be interesting because acc network um they're about to get their bag um, getting paid by ESPN, uh, and then that money divided up between all the teams in the conference. Conferences is going to be different, so feels like everybody's winning. Virginia Tech will be able to. I mean, they uh, did what they had to do in terms of upping their profile. And now things will change, but uh, um, NBA draft early enrollees. Uh, just want you. To, it'll be a quickly uh, yay or nay uh, from you. Happy with Kobe White? Right decision for him. Is he definitely lottery? He's definitely a lottery pick, yes. I agree. Um, the 6'5", as you, you and I were talking offline, we're like, man, really, how tall are some of these dudes? Because the froze really can be a little deceiving. Um, but people are saying that he's legit 6'5", 
Love his game. What are you thinking about Nasir Little? Great, good decision for him to leave uh, UNC. Um, good decision. I saw they got him rated as like the fifteenth. I mean, yeah, I, why not? I feel like if you, if my my overall thing with all these things, if you're gonna be a first round pick in the NBA draft, like go go. Like there's no there's no point in coming back to college at that point. That means that means that some they value you as a, as a legit NBA player. If you can go in the first round, and if you're if they value you as a legit NBA player, you should not be playing in college. Mm-hmm. Okay, there it is. And uh, yeah, as we uh, kind of transition from uh, as we were talking about with the college uh, talk, but now with the NBA. And uh, speaking of uh, your wonderful, uh, I should say, basketball knowledge and, and your your ability to act as a basketball historian. Um, last night, um, would love for you to uh, dive into talking about how special what we saw with Russell Westbrook. You and I, one of our favorite players, if not our favorite player to watch. He's must see TV in my opinion, especially when, um, when things are tight. Uh, and his historical um, accomplishment is being the second player ever to get um, a 20-20-20 game uh, and joining the likes of Wilt Chamberlain there. Uh, but I want you to dive into the, the cultural reference and, and why that was so special. Uh, last night and then also touch on it basketball wise as well well i mean uh i saw a lot of people today they were speaking on they were speaking on 2020 how it was how it was dedicated to nipsey and but the uh, but they never uh, mentioned the part of of why you know the 60 was important and and being as nipsey was a member of the, of the rolling 60s um you know to get the 2020 to equal 60 for the rolling 60s is why he did that um was, you know that was the part they left out and didn't explain to people but that's why the 60 was important um from a basketball perspective i mean it's one thing to to say you're gonna go out there and get 2020 it's a it's a whole another thing to go do it and and he went out there and did it and you know they, they i heard people saying that you know the the level of competition because LeBron. You know all the guys. You know LeBron, Kuzma, those guys didn't play, but it's still an NBA game. Those dudes are still getting paid. The ball. You know what I'm saying it's still it's still a fucking NBA game. Sure, sure. And he went out there and did his thing. So, uh, you know, tip my hat to him. And you know, it's just you know, it's it's a, it's a testament to him that you know he wanted to he wanted to, to send love that way, and and he was able to go out there and do it. Absolutely. I've. Uh... We've uh, talked about with OK, so OKC a little bit, and you know our love for Russell. Um, with Nipsey, are you were you surprised to see much see so much uh, social media uh, in terms of explosion and the backing of all the? I mean, it almost seemed like he was cool with almost every athlete that came through LA uh, with Nipsey's nah. unfortunately his passing. Talk to me more about that. Nah, the the streets love Nipsey. Uh, I I don't know, you know there there you know there I'm sure there are people that didn't. You know, not everybody's a lover of his music, but, you know, the person and, and who he was and how he moved and, you know, he was everywhere. You know, you see him at red carpets and, you know, obviously, you know, from him dating Lauren London and, and stuff like that, you know, people in other walks of life uh, grew to know him. But now nah, Ned was the man. And, you know, for, you know, and, you know, I follow a decent amount of uh, NBA players um, on Instagram and, and, you know, on social media and stuff. And, all those guys were cool with him. The one thing, you know, um, about that you see in those pictures with him is he's with those people. You know, it ain't people, mm-hmm. you know, it's not pictures of, it's not, you know, other people posting, you know, pictures of him by himself or whatever. It's pictures of them, you know, interacting and kicking it with him. So, um, nah, not not surprised at all. Like, the, like, Nip, Nip wanted to, is one of, the, you know, one of the people's champs. He was, you know, he was really riding with the people. So, um, 
even from a distance, we all we all loved him and appreciated him and, and saw what he was giving to the to the world. So, uh, yeah, it, it, the whole the whole energy's been off the last couple of days. You know, my vibe with all my people, talking about talking to my homies and my, my cousins, my friends, and all this. You know, the energy been off a little bit, but uh, nah, not not surprised at all, man. The the you know the real shit, real shit, you know, real shit always gets respected at the end of the day. Not for you uh, to get. Uh, I don't want you to dive in completely too political here, but Charles, want to just get your thoughts on like what are you? Uh, you made an awesome tweet. And I wanted to actually have two tweets of the week, and um, one where we definitely want you to cover uh, right now. I think it's a perfect time. Uh, uh, specifically, you had mentioned about living. Um, let me read it up here for you. Uh, if you here's the thing, if you ever been to a country without guns, you'd see how pointless they really are. All throughout U.S. history, it's someone small using a gun to kill someone big. <laughs> then we have guns to protect ourselves. Defense is terribly fought. Dive into that a little bit, my man. Like, I mean, that's I'm, me even reading that out loud just gives me a cause to pause. And really, one, I'm, I'm in awe of like you acknowledging something that can like this is something that's very so real for us in this country of where you know i I hate to compare the two but i mean there's almost two untouchable things is related to abortion and then obviously with gun control but um once again like you're a worldly man and you being able to expound upon that a little bit uh, of going into your tweet a little bit more i think uh the people would love to hear what you got to say yeah i mean um i lived in you know about a, do- a about a dozen countries in my in my in my time um around the world uh many of which you know many of those countries uh, nordic countries that don't have you know don't have these crime problems and gun violence and you know these things of that nature and just I, you know there are times when i've been out late at night three four in the morning drunk as hell uh walking home in the snow and you know felt super safe didn't think anybody was gonna run up on me you know if uh if the you know if the if the the most thing I worry about is somebody trying to run up on me and stab me. One, you gotta catch me first. If you try to stab me to death, I'm running. Uh, and two, if you wanna, if I stand my ground, you wanna catch these hands. You know, feel free. I, you know, we. But you know, I, I would much rather be having um, samurai sword fights in the streets than uh, than people running up on us. You know, running up on on people with guns. And you know, it's one of those things where I, I always think. Uh, you know, sometimes I talk to people about it, and you know, they always tell me. Um, you know, I gotta have my gun. You know, what if something happens? But if nobody has guns, then mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. need a gun to protect yourself from a person with a gun coming in. Like, I'm, I just don't think people understand. Like, this that whole thought process is flawed. And you know, when it comes to the, you know, they're they're you know all throughout history, we see like I said in the tweet, like we see things of. I remember uh, I'm one of these people. I, I watch all these JFK documentaries and you know things and. Um, you know, one of the reasons I always say that people come up with conspiracy theories for that is because they can't just believe that somebody <laughs> right. small and insignificant as, as Lee Harvey Oswald could kill, you know, somebody as great as JFK. So, um, you know, people always want to have their reasons behind it because, you know, somebody's, you know, that's and that's the great equalizers of, you know, a piece of fucking steel can can change the whole course of everything for mm-hmm. for, for no damn reason. And it's just like. You know, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a very peaceful dude. I'm a, I'm a super chill dude. And yes, you are. Yes, you know, I, like I said, I've had guns pulled on me. I've had all these, you know, I've been around guns. You know, for, first time I ever uh, shot a gun was when I was in college. Most of my gun experiences happened when I was in college. Um, so, you know, I've been around it, and you know, I know people that have been shot and all those good things. So, 
it's just you know I feel like the end of, at the end of the day um, a lot of things a lot of terrible things that happen in this world are based on guns and it's just like had we just never allowed everybody to have guns in the first place or you know if we just realized that that would you know getting rid of all of them like I said if we all just had knives what would be so horrible about that we probably wouldn't kill each other um, so that's just my my two cents on it it's just it just sucks and I get tired of seeing it you know whatever form it manifests itself if it's in Australia and they shoot or New Zealand and they shooting people or you know Nip- Nipsey getting shot at the at the store mm-hmm. it's all mm-hmm. it's all trash it's all unnecessary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well once again Charles we greatly appreciate you uh, for getting on the uh, heavier side of things uh, for today but it's important that people uh, kind of know the background and uh, for them also to have a little bit more appreciation for the way Russell attacks the game of life but also to make sure that you're no one's gonna harm you uh, you know, in, in terms of your mentality, you stay in strong. So, uh, greatly appreciate that. Greatly do. Um, well, speaking of, uh, as you know, we're, we're kind of we're gonna hold off until next week to give our predictions of all the NBA awards, uh, just because we still have a lot of season left. But uh, uh, where we don't have a lot of season left, and the clock is ticking for sure, is uh, in the uh, in, in the English Premier League, and we have a title race number one absolutely going on but then who the hell knows how three four and five and six are going to look like so um we were happy we were done with the international break and it was good to see uh some domestic football in the uh in both england and uh and uh and spain and go down man so just go and give give us a little recap of what you thought about the weekend um i mean it was it was not bad uh, everybody everybody held the form relatively uh i know I know your beloved Arsenal made their jump up the third. Yes, indeed. Uh, and, and it was and it was short lived <laughs> because of just because now Tottenham. Well, we have a game in hand on Tottenham, so that'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, so you know, I, I was good. Uh, I, know, I know we had been talking about. Uh, we had been texting back and forth about Tottenham, Tottenham falling back to fifth, Oof. which had happened for for a couple for you know for all of a day, day or two until um, Man United shit to bed against Wolves for the second time in uh, in about a month. Uh, they've so lost the Wolves. They are so technical. They really don't I care want Wolves to playing. be good just so I can just say Wolves all the time. I agree. Um, yes. <laughs> Overhampton like Wolves. I'm in on that 100%. But they uh they they got a they got a good win, good quality win that sets uh sets Man United Man back desperately I think they're in fifth right now. Um there's only what seven, eight games left in the season, so uh, it's no mistakes can be afforded for anybody if they're trying to make, you know, if uh, you know between Man City and Liverpool trying to trying to win the the entire championship and those teams in three, four, and five uh, jockeying for position in Champions League because you know you you know nobody hate every you know Europa isn't the end of the world, but nobody wants to play in Europa League, no. so uh, yeah, so those you know it's there's no time for half stepping in. You know, they just gave Shokeshire that uh, that new contract, but you know, with this with the loss um, to Wolves, these upcoming games against my beloved Barcelona, uh, he could be on a hot seat real quick um, if he doesn't, you know, doesn't get things on, on the right track. So it's going to be an interesting month for him for sure. You're Ed Woodward. You're you're still happy with the decision? I mean, I know we don't want to do this like after each game. It's just like you. <sighs> Pochettino in North London, and you just did the, made a decision before you even had the conversation, or they must have had some inside um, 
Yeah, just, I mean, are you still comfortable with how, how it all went? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's just one, you know, I, I want to say it's just one game. They've, I think they've lost, I think they've lost three out of the last four, so that's never a good sign. But, I mean, one or two good results, and at the end of the, at the, end of the day, in all things in the world, uh, winning cures everything. So they just got to get some good results, make it into the top four. I think if they make it into the top four, um, it'll be fine. If they, you know, as long as they don't get run out of uh, – Run off the run off the pitch against um, Barcelona, and they make it to the top four. I think they'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. But I mean, they I've already been reading articles about the changes that they're going to make for next season. Uh, maybe spending on you know the money that they're willing to spend to to reshape the team. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's it's definitely a year of transition for for Man United. Absolutely, and uh, you mentioned that the I'm pretty sure this is their schedule. Let, let's go over their fixtures. This is. Um, and I'm glad we got to spend some time uh, for those uh, who are the casual fans uh, because usually, I mean, we, we know that uh, the top half of La Liga is better uh, than the top half in the Premier League, or at least historically over, I mean, for us, the last uh, de- decade or so, even though Pep going to, um, with Pep going uh, to Man City, it changes a lot from uh, um, from the power side of things, but um, yeah, so here I'm going to read over to you, uh, Manchester United's next five fixtures. I'm pretty sure this is definitely the toughest slate of games I've ever heard of, ever, until the end of April. So, United next Wednesday. Oh, yes. Yeah, man, EPL and then Masters Week. Oh, I'm so excited. It's going to be great. So, we have United at, at Old Trafford against Barcelona next Wednesday. And then Saturday, they're still at home at Old, Tra- Old Trafford and... Uh, they get to play West Ham, and then they have to go to Barca again. But then that Tuesday, that Sunday, then they are going to Everton. Who you just never know with them, but they'll play. They just play hard, and then they have City and Chelsea, and that very much can define uh, where they are going to be at the end of it. And uh, you just have to assume they have six points in Huddersfield and Cardiff. But those stretch of games will decide. The entire, what in my opinion will set the course for the next year for Manchester United. Uh, and with that being said, Barcelona, Charles, um, you had to come up with some magic. So it, it may not be out of the idea that United is going to play Barcelona very strong, at least at, at the at Old Trafford. No, I don't know why you. What, what has led <laughs> you to believe that? Well, I don't know. When you're down four uh, two and you have some crazy end of. Hold on, hold on. What what under what circumstances were we down four to two? Tell the people what what had actually happened during that game. Who was not in the game when this game was four to two? Okay, go ahead. So guys, Messi didn't start the game. Messi didn't come on to the like 60th minute, and right when he got on, I think they uh, they scored. Villarreal scored the fourth goal, maybe on the 62nd minute. So they were down pretty much four to two um, when Messi came in the game. Messi ended up scoring in, in stoppage time right at the 90th minute, and then Luis Suarez Pistolario scored uh, scored a goal like the last very last kick of the game, and we came back. Um, none of this leads me to believe that Manchester United has a chance in hell, because all that this showed me um, once again is that as long as Messi makes it off the bus, I got no worries. Mm. The little magician is gonna is gonna wave his wand and do his magic. PK will be back out there. Rakitic will play the whole game. There's nothing to worry about. If, if if Man United couldn't stop Wolves from countering them and 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 breaking them down, I don't know what they're gonna do with us because it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. 
I think I don't I don't I think they got they have a decent chance of of holding you know it'll be a close game at you know in England but once it goes back to to the Camp Nou uh we're gonna we're gonna send them on their way. Mm-hmm. And you believe thinking, that? Deep thinking. down in your heart, you believe that? A little bit, a little bit. I, especially when it comes to United, it's more of a you gotta prove it to me. Um, I mean, I I used to always just think of like nobody ever could beat them. Barcelona, also the La Liga, they just know each other so well. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I I'm nervous because. OGS, I hope that he, they don't, because Ed Woodward is the type of dude who will rescind a contract real quick. So I just really hope things go well. But in order for him to be in the free and the clear, I honestly believe that he's going to have to, uh, I mean, he's going to have to take at least one game from Barca. And we're, we're going to see how that works. But it's possible. It's possible, don't you think? Don't you think they can get three points sure. from you all? You just don't think they can beat you in aggregate. I don't think they can win. I think they can like. I think the game in Eng- in in England and Manchester will be a. I can see it being a tie, at best for for Man United. But I can't see it. Them, I can't see them beating Barcelona in a game. I can't see them beating them. I don't think. I just don't think. And I'm not saying that because I'm a homer. Like I'm saying that because I don't think that they have the quality of players to actually beat Barcelona. I, I don't feel like they're. When I watch them play, they're not disciplined enough. And against Barcelona, if, you, if there's nothing else you have to be, it's, it's discipline because Messi will pick you apart. Hmm. I'm and if, and if by chance Dembele can play in it, if Dembele can play in the second leg, they really don't have a chance. I'm going to think hard, long and hard about this, but over the next five days before we get to back together on Tuesday night uh, next week, I may be thinking about a wager with you for, for at least one of the. I mean, got to think okay. more about it. So uh, we will we will definitely see on that. Um, your boy today. Do you want to talk about your boy Sonny getting a goal for Tottenham? The opening goal at the new Tottenham Stadium. White Hart Lane. Fireworks. And then he showed up, and he was a firework. Uh, great, great move cutting back in on the left foot. He's, he's he, he can get it done with either foot. Um, a great, a great double on each side after he scored. Yes, I agree. Very nice. And, uh, that is my favorite celebration of all the sports. The double knee slide is my jam. Oh, you're uh, one of those traditional Yeah, but they played guys. well today. They did. They did. So, uh, they did. I said you're one of those traditional guys. The traditional double knee slide. Okay. When the when the when the, when the pitch is wet and they get that good like ten yard slide. Yeah, it's a good one. It's, uh, those are with the with a couple of arm pumps in it. Yeah, those are those are good ones. Yeah. So we. Uh, I, like, I keep it. We are a pro sunny uh, podcast here, so we have to make sure that we give him love uh, anytime that we can. Um, I. I do have a question for you after seeing what Sunday was, and I think maybe they made a mistake by not going with Sonny. They, they may have had things out right. Delhi's not, I don't think he's fully all the way fit, but I do have a question for uh, Liverpool. Is Bobby Firmino top 10 player in the world right now? Are there 10 players playing better than Bobby Firmino right now? Uh, Bobby Firmino is not top 10 in the world, no. And I am a huge uh, Robert Firmino fan. But I would say out of even in their in their in their three headed monster, I think he's the third best. Oh, really? You know, Mo, Mo hasn't been playing you know amazing this year, but um, you know he created that goal the other day. He had a, you know the trip that assist he had in the Champions League. Like he's been, I feel like Mo's you know Mo hasn't been scoring goals, but he's been putting pressure on the defense you know consistently. And then uh, Sadio Mane is just, I feel like. He's the man. Like he, to me, he's their best player. He's their most consistent player. He's the one that's always making things happen for him. So as much as I believe that Bobby Firmino can just flat out ball, 
I wish he got more. I wish he got more um, acknowledgement, you know, with the with the Brazilian national team, and it wasn't just all about um, Neymar all the damn time. But he's definitely one of the. I'd say he's one of the ten best players in the Premier League, but I, I can't say he's one of the ten best players in the world. Okay, all right. Let's uh, revisit that uh, towards the uh, end of the year for sure. I think he's making a strong case to get into that next next hole, but I also think it's got to be. Uh, I think he's doing it by play and not just on reputation. Um, so, uh, man, that's going to be exciting to see that that title race there. Pep and Pep and Klopp are just. I mean, oof. This is. I'm excited. It's going to be fun to see where they can go. And City right now still has a chance for the quadruple. So we'll see if that's possible out of them. Um, any uh, any lasting thoughts for us on what you were seeing for, with football? Are you you excited for the? Are you just excited for Champions League to get going next week? Uh, I mean, Champions League for sure. Uh, we got we got some good games coming, some good fixtures coming up. Uh, you know, in the coming weeks, Barca's got uh, Atletico this weekend, which will be a, a title race decider. Um, with a win, Atletico can get the lead down to five. So. As much as um, you know, it's good to be in first place and and have a comfortable cushion. We we you know, Barca does need this does need to play well on Saturday. Um, so you know, so it will be I'll be interested to see how that game goes. Messi, I'm sure will will do messy things and you know we'll be fine. But um, you know, it's it's, an, it's a, this is to me this is one of the best times um, when it comes to soccer, just because you know you're getting into the title races, the nitty gritty of the Champions League, Europa League's you know in in the in the final stages. So it's real it's really good high quality um, soccer this time of year. Absolutely, absolutely, it's gonna be fun. I uh, can't wait to bring it to you all next week. It's it's gonna be great. Um, we're gonna switch it over to uh, our little pop. Uh, in terms of our pop culture side of the show, um, I, you know, I'm not going to say it's looking like it's going to be the best season ever, but I'm going to say we're on a great trajectory of where Billions is right now. I'm loving everything that is far and the mix of relationships with Chuck, boy, um, so Bobby, uh, man, just uh, I thought it was a great episode and I can't believe we're already going to be on season four come, uh, come this Sunday, but uh, give us a little bit of background and a recap of uh, what you what you liked from Billions and what you are looking like in the future. You know, I really I really like the the introduction of uh, Taylor's dad randomly. I thought that was a good twist. Um, made them uh, seem more uh, more human, I guess. Um, overall, you know, it's, it's always good to be laying plot. Definitely now uh, with the you know the the end scene with with Axe and and Chuck sitting down to have a drink and. You know, at the end of it, Chuck asking uh, for Bobby's help to get uh, get the the GA the, the district attorney uh, the is that what he's trying to get? Yeah, the district attorney. No, attorney general. Attorney state general. State there attorney we go. B a a g. There's too many letters. So him trying to get to him trying to he asked for Bobby's help to get that position. So I'm interested to see how he navigates that with all these you know with with Sacker and these and these people uh, investigating him and and trying to expose him for the fraud that he is on the back end. So. Uh, there was no Gregor Andaloff in this episode. Sucks. Uh, I love any John Nakovich appearance that I can get, but um, it's definitely uh, headed headed some weird place. You know, Chuck with the rubber band was like they're they're delving too way too much into like their sex life. I'm not like as much as I love you know weird shit and shows. Like what is this? What is it actually doing for the plot? But um, you know, continue it on. Get your freak on. Put your Slap yourself with your rubber band if you need to, but uh, definitely liking where the season's going. I always love the pop references. I always love the music. So uh, billions for you know billions for life. I'm I'm rocking with it. Gotta get you to speak a little bit what you uh, thought about 
our boy Mafi not taking back his oh man, forget Mafi. Um, let's we forgot to even talk about our boy Dollar Bill Stern, man. What's up with him? He, he he was willing to risk it all, man. That dude's crazy. Dollar Bill is ride or die. <laughs> yes, yeah, I need a friend like Dollar Bill. Friends like uh, Dollar Bill. For real. Just tell some friends like Dollar Bill. Like he was ready to go. First off, he just like the only thing that threw me off about the episode was like how quick they were getting to Arkansas. Like Dollar Bill went to Arkansas like that morning. It seemed like and then it seemed like jet moves to Arkansas, the middle of Arkansas. It's <laughs> still, like that's not a quick flight though. New York, the fucking I don't care how fast your jet is. New York to Arkansas is not a fast flight. But neither here nor there. Like they just like they just got down there in time. And anyway, whole other story. But uh, yeah, Dollar Bill almost lost it over 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 the damn chicken man. That, that was, was wild. That was, but it just goes to show, like throughout the show, besides besides Wags, and I can't even say Wendy because Wendy was out for a little while. So Wags, Tyler Bill is the second most loyal person to Ax, and he's really ready to go, you know, go all in and, and ride or die for the cause. So kudos to Dollar Bill being for being Dollar Bill at, at all costs. Dollar Bill was his character. Dollar Bill was when they let people die off of this KFC shit for real, man. And you was about to be eating some contaminated chickens because this man was about to <laughs> risk it all just because he never wants to disappoint disappoint uh, young Bobby, man. It's just crazy how that works. Uh, so that was impressive. Um, you, What are your thoughts about the truce? Is if, I mean, obviously Bobby is insinuating this isn't going to last, like on the back end of things. But on the front side, I mean, do you think Taylor knows this or... Is she really trying to not waste time of fighting this dude who put her on, but who didn't, who was holding her back? Yeah, it's like, a, I don't even know how to, it's like a half, I guess a, a half truce. I'm sure on some things they'll probably chill out on, but they'll still be, they'll, on, the, on the surface they'll, they'll have their truce, but, you know, meanwhile, still be uh, going at each other in the, in the background of it. So uh, it's definitely, definitely uh, interesting to see where they're going to go with this, with this, you know, with the remaining episodes for sure. Yeah, it's building up to be a great, great season. Uh, as we keep in our show time, here's I have here's my little twenty second plug for the shy, uh, and also I'm excited because my friend uh, is uh, secure. My friend at Alternative Facts Chicago, Brian Hunter, the host of Alternative Facts Chicago, uh, the number one podcast in uh, Chicago currently right now. Um, he re- received an endorsement um, and a sponsorship uh, through. Uh, the guy and uh, podcast uh, through there, so excited for them. Uh, but the guy comes back on Sunday. This a show uh, executive produced by Common and No Common uh, is uh, ambassadors of Chicago, if we should say, and uh, one of Chicago's own. Um, we are our goal is to get Charles to finish. Uh, I believe it was only eight eight episodes uh, in last year's season because people were trying not not sure if it was going to be very whether this was going to last. But it's here to stay. Um, and once we get live on that, we will bring that up. But we will encourage folks, um, if you have not seen any episodes of The Shy, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal story and how they link everything together with some of the best writing and storytelling that we've seen. Uh, so, Charles, that's what we're asking you to do. That's your homework for uh, for the weekend, brother, if it's going to be raining it. downstairs. I'm on it. All right. I'm on it, guys. Don't worry. Good, good. And, and none of this, like... I'm too, it was too close to home and too close to me. Let's be serious. Southside Chicago, way different. 
Uh, I spent plenty of time on the south side. I know what happens on the south side. Oh, we know where your your gym was. This is true. This is true. Shout out to your gym, baby. Respect. My spidey senses are always tingling on the south side. Don't worry. (laughs) Spidey senses tingling. That's great. Uh, So can't endorse that enough. Uh, Man, Showtime, I think, Showtime is just going to have the belt, you know, only for another week because Thrones is officially 10 days away. We're excited. I think that you have you're gonna get into your some of your rewatch. Have you started yet again? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start um, tomorrow. Actually, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start from when John wakes up from being killed the first time. Good. And just just rehash like the last like season and a half just to make sure I got everything uh, covered and sure. and you know just kind of get my just kind of get myself in that in that mental frame mental frame of mind to you know to to be with the throne. So. Uh, yeah, I'm going to probably, uh, I say around midweek, stop watching every other show that I'm watching and just get fully, it's like a game. It's like a game. I just want to, I'm watching film. No pun intended. Studying, um, you know, I'm going through, you know, some mental reps in my head. I'm just ready. I'm just ready for the game. Uh, I'm going to probably have Chipotle Sunday night ready to go. And I'm going to sit here and ponder my life and be ready for it. I can't, I can't wait. You know what? I will join you next week from Sunday. Hopefully, we're celebrating Tiger Woods getting him another Masters jacket. Unlikely, it'd be it's nice to dream. I'll get some Chipotle and I'll be ready to chill out come nine o'clock. So uh, the red carpet, I think, for day tonight, I do believe, and the stars are apparently were out. Uh, so that'll be great. Um, yeah, we're getting ready. I would suggest this: um, you want to start the episode, episode, or excuse me, season five. Uh, episode 10 which is um which is uh the episode of where um john dies but the reason why i say that because uh that'll recap everything of it kind of brings it brings it home of where everybody is and uh also what's going on with the marine after the dance of dragons uh of where uh, the sons of harpy or what's going on with our girl daenerys also what's going on at king's landing um i believe the episode is called mother's mercy uh, and so everybody, you know, who didn't read the books was just kind of following along thinking like, oh, snap, this is what's about to go down with with, uh, with Cersei. And then obviously that last 10 minute scene, no one's knowing that, oh, John's about to get this, about to get this work and about to get this mutiny from his guys. So uh, Mother's Mercy and then take it from there and enjoy yourself and lock in for a ride, brother. It's going to be lovely. I'm excited for you. Oh man, can't wait! Cannot wait, guys! Cannot wait! It, it's it's for the culture. Yes, it is. Speaking for the culture, uh, as we were talking about, uh, I last night I had the uh, pleasure of going to see uh, Mr. Justin Timberlake for the third time with my wife. Um, we saw him in Chicago. We have seen him in St. Louis, and now we have seen him in Indianapolis. All different tours, though. Uh, the 2020 experience is just one within itself. Uh, it rivals tp2.com and as well as confessions in my opinion for best uh for r&b albums uh that, that we can have that we can have that uh talking uh probably nba offseason that's for sure we can definitely do some top 10 r&b albums and uh penny dropper uh albums for folks we, we we're not cutting that by the way <laughs> I'm so with it. We're not cutting that. We are definitely going to have a concise list so for, for folks who are who are 35 and younger we can't we can't really get into like the 40 people who are 40 because they, they were just that was just on a different but 
we can get into like mm, as we're getting into high school or you getting ready out of your middle school unfortunately like this is what's so sad about it is that robert kelly y'all know him as the dude trying to say taking his fucking life but this man created incredible incredible and we're being robbed of it no no pun intended robert robert's personality is robbing us of the greatness that he is but back on track with justin tim blake um last night yeah so we were it, my weekend was supposed to be december 14th uh, it was supposed to be friday night uh obviously that works for my wife who's a principal uh and friday nights are like you know, the night where you either come home you don't do anything or friday night you got to live it up because dealing with kids all week um especially in urban education I'm, uh, my wife is a strong strong woman love her to death however that didn't work out because my man's vocal cords uh were bruised and he had to take a break so the concert was postponed and i should have known right then and there especially because then the next day butler lost to iu on a 35 foot jump shot by rob Fennis and then cowboys colts on the 16th uh where i was like wow okay colt where that was just supposed to be just a great weekend for me all around um but yeah and but we got to enjoy him yesterday uh man of the woods is a seven out of 10 album uh he did seven songs from there of course you know me i have a video of at least 10 to 15 seconds 15 seconds of each of the songs but also i i had to write down the set list on the side to make sure that it paired up with all the other uh shows because <laughs> uh, as you know me I'm detailed i'm not gonna miss a beat um his transitions were incredible uh the the, the tennessee kids were great Yes, Justin missed a couple notes last night, and there's a lot more lip singing than I thought would happen. Even though um, these, you have to be prepared for this because my man he gets a pass because of his vocal cords. But Justin, I don't know how it is. Is he's he's the true he's the true Vino because his dancing has gotten better as he's gotten older. It was incredible the show he put on last night on his moves, man. I'm telling you, it was it was something special. Oh, uh, so it was Jordan. Oh, bro, his drip, man, his drip game, just wow, wow. I was very impressive. Uh, then he had to, this, like, little winding road. Um, we were we were on the lower level, so, like, he was coming, like, right into us. Like, my wife's like, oh, he's pretty much in my lap. I'm like, okay, shut up. You all right? So, um, <laughs> like, easy on that because uh, I'm going to, of course, I, I, I was sitting, I was sent to go get, you know, a drink. I knew it was one of the slow songs that were coming up, so. Um, if you haven't heard it until the end of time, you know, you, you, at a concert, you've heard it three, four or five times. And that's just when he's kind of resting his voice anyway, and not going in this high, high beat. So I go, Oh, okay. I've done this before. I'm a vet. Time to go get this drink. And of course, when I get up there, the concessions, they're like 10 o'clock. They're like, mm, we've stopped selling. And I'm like, Whoa, hold on. All right. So this was a loss. And then I get a text. He's pretty much in my lap. So anyways, that was ridiculous. Um, but man, 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 I've never seen uh, 15-year-old women up to like 45 to 50-year-old women. I mean, just going crazy for a dude. But man, he brought the energy. It was incredible. It really, really was. Uh, so overall, we're going to give the concert a 9. It would be a 10 if Justin would even have sang 50 to 75% of the songs. He was in that 25 to 35%. Uh, but we, I'm going to give him a pass because the vocal cords are nothing to mess with. That's his livelihood because we still want to see Justin in Vegas one day. When he's like 45, 50 and doing his James Brown type move. So that's what that was my little recap with uh, JT. I encourage anybody who wants to be able to check out the MOTW. 
tour, Man of the Woods, and never would I have thought we would have had from Justin in his suit and tie into where he had his Jordans and some cargo pants and some other shit. I don't know. That was a thing why we couldn't give him. So there we go. This will be a nice little present for you for AB. I'm going to put that out there for her. Respect. What she went uh she went in December with her mom. Or like right in like the beginning of the year with her mom, I think. When the, uh when he was in Atlanta. Oh, well, we may have to get her on for a quick five minute segment to talk about Justin. Uh no, I don't as much as I like Justin, I am not like it's I'm cool. Are you suit and tie man? And now you're in the woods? Like what what are what are, what are you doing? You had he had braids once? I I'm no. Mm-mm. Now you wear Jordans. Now all of a sudden you now all of a sudden you you you, you rock Jordans. You, you know Tinker. Hey. All right. All right. Now the same shit. Well, uh, John Mayer. John Mayer had a fucking poncho on like two years ago. Now he's a sneakerhead. I'm so like, what, what are we doing here, guys? I don't I know. I think he's. I don't think to... you can't fool me. Well, I mean, him and his dropping of the N words too. I mean, so he was, you know, as my Angelou said, once you show me who you are once, you know. But, however, that worried me a little bit. Um, so I don't know if he's full into Sneakerhead, but uh, once again, another talented cat. So we have to but we have to take him with a grain of salt sometimes. Let's be serious. Uh, I don't, I, I'm going to commit to you, Justin. I'm going to put together a set list for you, evening. Hell, I can give you a little spinning list. A spinning what's, list your, what's your favorite Justin song? Oh, it's, it's Senorita by far. Okay, I can't. Senorita. Floor is mine. I'm sorry? Blue Ocean Floor is mine. Yes, but I okay. That's a fine song because once again, you, you like to be non-commercial. Uh, but I mean, you have to understand, Justified came out for me in '02. Okay, yeah, we are gonna another twenty diatribe. '02. I have friends who went to Fordham who were outside of the record store in New York waiting at midnight to go get it, and I was just so mad because I got up at nine to go to Walmart before my first class, and then. That evening, we went to a, a friend's place in Campus South for a little listening party and had a couple, you know, females there, etc. And it was just, man, it just changed lives for, like, as you were a sophomore in Gardens. Uh, and I'm just trying to tell you, man, it was just winning all over. And then he came out with a DVD for in between sophomore year and junior year. Then that became the, the closing the closer was there, man. It was it was like Mariano with the cut fastball. The DVD, you just come back from Tim's. Two o'clock, you just crank the rap. It's a rap. So, wow. Justin had the vibes before the vibes were known as the vibes. Hear me wow. when I say. Hear me the when I ambience. say. Yes. The ambiance. lost. You ain't even got to watch the TV. You just have it in the background, bro. I'm just trying to tell you. With the cousin like, Vinny's on the table. Man, low-key, that was like... I mean, because Mark Pies, you weren't even around for your freshman Mark Pies, but you can get yourself a Big Ten. But back then, it was around Domino's. People were still very, very uh, loyal to Domino's. Two nine eight, what was it? Three zero three zero or whatever it was. I yeah, man, I used to call Domino's so much and use my flyer. Like when I would call, she was just telling me like, "Good game." Like, damn, you know, you know it was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you caught me right here. You recognized the, you recognized the phone. That's what's up. I need that thin crust supreme. Holla at me already. Exactly. So, yeah, um, just just a no pun intended, set the mood right. It was just a man. So, uh, Senorita, uh, Push Your Love Girl, I think from the, I mean, just because you haven't heard from him in a while, and then he came out with that. 
And if you just hear that song live, because I have an appreciation for the instruments, too. Uh, that was amazing. Um, yeah. But Blue Ocean Floor is a phenomenal song. It's low-key. Yeah, I like that. That's a good pick. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. It, go, it, go, it, play. it still goes hard, too. I appreciate that. That's a good look. Um, Charles, before we, uh, we don't want to lose us. So we have this, uh, dichotomy of like with entertainers and, uh, how, where Justin really lands there. So we'll have to, once again, we promise, we promise we will get into more music for you. Uh, once the basketball settles down and soccer. So we'll promise that. And then uh, we may have to uh, get a couple, uh, uh, we may have to get a couple guests on here, uh, from the ladies perspective so they can be able to provide some, uh, uh, provide some commentary as well as uh, some of their rankings. So, uh, Charles, any last uh, thoughts? Well, let's give us, uh, why don't you give our folks your final four predictions uh, for uh, both games and then who's cutting down the nets on uh, on MNC uh, next Monday because we will not talk before then, sir. Or at least we won't talk to the people. So give us the little rundown. Um, so I think at the end of the day, I think uh, Michigan State is going to be the team Monday night um, getting there. Uh, I think it'll be, I guess they're going to, them versus Auburn, I guess. Yeah, I think that's going to end up Michigan, okay. Michigan State versus, Michigan State versus, uh, versus Auburn and Cassius because, and then those guards not being able to match up with uh, Cassius Winston. So, uh, Izzo's going to get them another, going to be able to cut the nets down and yeah, I just, I think they're the best team overall. Um, other teams left. I don't think Virginia's going to be able to score enough points. So, yeah, Sparty all day. Okay. Um, you're Cassius Winston's father. Um, first of all, I don't understand how in God's green earth that we walk on and love uh, so much in this life, how Trey Jones is on is higher in draft boards than Cassius Winston. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Like, if you watch that game on Saturday, there is no way you're coming out with that, with those thoughts. But – um, you're Mr. Winston, Mr. Reg Winston, uh, coach, coach, assistant coach uh, at the University of D Detroit Jesuit High School and Academy. If you were uh, Cassius's dad, you telling him to go if he cuts down the net, so you having him run it back and try to put himself on even a, a crazier pantheon in a Michigan State lore. I mean, even like I said, uh, like I said earlier, if he's gonna be a first round pick, a definite first round pick, uh, you know, come out. If you're gonna be a second round pick, go back. Because, I mean, you, if you're going to be a second-round pick, it's, you know, you might as well go back to college and and, uh, and try to, you know, at least at, at worst boost your stock. You know, if anything else, you you know, he's already – he was big, wasn't he a big-time player of the year? Yes, indeed. You know what I'm saying? Two, you know, go back and get your two-time player of the year um, and try to boost your stock. But, I mean, like I said like I said earlier, if, if, if you know, he gets – if he goes in and, you know, puts his name out there and the information he gets back is that he's going to be a first-round pick, um, go for sure. Would you take a chance on him as a GM that you saw this weekend? Um, sure, why not? Like, I'm obviously not in, like, a lot or anything of that nature, but, you know, I can see him getting picked up at a nice quality backup guard uh the 20s, for sure, for a team, you know, that or for a team with multiple picks. Could you see him on, like, say, the Spurs, something like that, or uh, say Palenka wanted to trade back in at the 28th pick. is like, you know, we just need a solid guy who knows basketball, can hit a shot from deep. Uh, can blend in with folk if need be. Would you take a little flyer on Cassius? Is it like you're a third point guard? Um, for the Lakers, not really. I mean, I don't think you need Cassius if you got Josh Hart. But I mean, yeah, could I see him? You know, on the on the, on the Spurs, 
you know, playing backup minutes, you know, um, for the Suns or somebody. I almost think of him in the same vein Ooh. as not as efficient, but, you know, eventually um, like a poor man's uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Why couldn't he be, you know, tough-nosed guy? And he's a Michigan State guy. He's tough-nosed. He's going to play defense. He's going to compete. So, I mean, he's definitely, you know, spots for, you know, spots for guys like that in the league. So, um, I don't know what his measurables are and what his, uh, what his measurables are and what his athleticism is. But, um, yeah, you know, throw the ball out there. He, he, he can play. I agree. I agree. That's what I want to see from folks. Um, I uh, defense. Uh, I can't believe I'm gonna say this as a Michigan fan. Um, yeah, they're gonna win a national championship. They are. They just are. It's gonna happen. Michigan State's gonna win a national championship. Oh, it's so tough to say that out loud. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, Charles, they're gonna win. I think they beat Texas Tech just because um, Cassius is able to control the game a little bit. Culver, I like a lot. Um, Michigan State's going to bring their bigs out and they're going to start making threes. Um, and that, yeah, Michigan State's going to, and then if Michigan State plays Virginia, I'm not even worried about that. Of wow, Izzo actually struggles with K. He never struggles with Tony Bennett. So that would be a dub automatic. Um, and I think Auburn's not going to, I think they're missing one of their bigs at Kiki for sure. That'll be big for them if they had to play Michigan State. So I think we're in agreement, man, which actually makes me a little bit more nervous than than, than what we should be, but it is what it is. Um, any last uh, other words last, uh, for us, Charles? Um, no, like I said, you know, it's those are national semifinals are always the, always good games, usually two good games. Um, so I'm excited to see them. Uh, it's March Madness, so anything's, anything's possible, but uh, – like I said, like I keep saying, I just think Michigan State's the team's left. Uh, they got the most grit and the most ability, and you know the most well-balanced team. And uh, we'll see come Monday night if they cut down the nets. Yes, indeed. Gonna be fun on Saturday. All right, guys. Great week, man. Great, great episode, uh, folks. Just want to make sure that you are following my man Charles. Put out your Twitter. Put out your Instagram on here, please. Uh, my Twitter and my Instagram, Charles Little Fifteen. Follow, share this podcast with people that we deem as many get the word out get as many people listening to this uh, on my dating people let's get all of dating twitter um listening and following and sharing you know these podcasts that'd be you know that's a great start we're just gonna keep at it keep building and and see where this takes us yeah love it man we'll uh make sure you uh put that out there and uh we'll be uh tweeting some folks directly uh to promote it also on the gram uh and charles uh just really proud of you and uh steps that you're that you're taking uh and Hopefully you have a great rest of the week, great weekend, and uh, we will be back at show all uh, next Tuesday with a little uh, after first uh, first uh, day of the Champions League uh, recap. Uh, Going to recap uh, the national championship, and then that then we'll recap or actually we'll preview a little bit of the Masters and uh, talk about. Um, the end of the, the NBA regular season, and we just hope in the meantime, uh, people stay blessed out there, man. Positive vibes only. That is one thing that if you are inspired or want to can, or want to follow somebody that's great about just wanting to be strong in life, please follow Charles on Twitter. Uh, we are positive vibes only. Uh, until the next time, we will see you on the Charles Little Podcast. Have a great weekend, all. Hello.